Guys, welcome back. I hope you guys enjoy the Vote for Pedro podcast with Pedro Munez uh, that just came out. Um, great guy doing a lot of really, really big stuff. Hopefully the show gets picked up by either the Food Network or Netflix um, because I think there is not only a generational gap between the Anthony Bourdain's as well as the people that are still interested in food, but still love to do other extreme sports like skateboarding, especially in New York. There's a ton of places to eat. I've been there. I love it. And uh, I really want you guys to go listen to that podcast because I think you're going to find that that guy is going to be somebody that you're definitely going to want to follow. However, this is a more personal podcast for myself. I'm always running into ex-girlfriends, as you guys know. I feel like I run into them quite constantly from high school, from college, even from kindergarten. Um, but this time I ran into a crush, not a girlfriend, a crush that I had <laughs> growing up. It's probably still a crush now, to be honest with you. Uh, if you guys watch Full House, you will remember that Danny Tanner had the hottest girlfriend on the planet, and her name is Deborah Stipe, and she's with me today. Deborah, what's up? What's up, Todd? I am just like kind of blushing right now that you're even saying this. So I am so happy to be here. I've been following you, watching you blow it up on TikTok. So I am so happy to be here. Uh, I'm <laughs> even more excited. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. All of us remember the, the shows, obviously some of the shows that you were on, obviously Full House being one of the larger ones, but people don't realize that you've been on like a ton of shows. You've been on a lot of TV shows that we all either watched growing up or still watch to this day. And um, I'm just curious, like, we got to get right into it because I know people are going to ask and they already asked when I said that you were going to come on the Bob Saget thing. What was your relationship really like with Bob Saget? Because I know how he was in real life as well as on the show. So there was a, there was a discrepancy in his real life, you know, kind of ways that he acted. What was it like? Okay. I got to tell you this right off the shoot here. The truth is Bob wanted to marry me. Okay. Let me clarify. Okay. Honestly, we had a great experience on set and he was totally professional and totally welcoming. Um, but the series actually wanted us to get married. And it's one of my greatest regrets uh, because my agents talked me out of it. Mm -hmm. They thought, no, there's so many leads on this show already. You're going to get lost. Uh, you know, let's just like do the three episodes and move on your merry way. But I do regret it because it was such, it was like, seriously, it was like walking into a family. And as an actor, you walk onto a set and these folks have been working together for how many years, right? And you're the new kid on the blog. You got to like prove yourself. Uh, and so Bob truly like immediately set me at ease. He was truly America's dad. I mean, he really was who you thought he was. Um, I, I hear that his stand-up got a little bit off color, which I never like really familiarized myself with. But I mean, he was hilarious. He and Dave Coulier were constantly cracking each other up uh, and Stamos. I mean, everybody was great. Everybody was great. Yeah. And I, and I kind of figured that I, you know, we were just talking about, um, you know, the rippers and how, uh, I call him uncle Tony, but Tony was in the rippers and stuff like that. So I've always had this like weird thing with full house and my kids, well, I made them watch the original full house all the way through. And then of course we did, we watched fuller house and things like that. And, um, it's just one of those shows where they don't make shows like that anymore. And the morals of the story were absolutely great. Um, rusty being one of my favorite characters of all time because yes. it was a lot like Rusty growing up. There's no <laughs> that. people know that. All um, right. Some good but, friends there. Yeah. And I also look at it like I can definitely see where your agent would have been like, you know, this is this, you've got a ton of people on this show that I just feel like you would get lost in it. And I also think that 
it may have eventually ended to a point where you would have been like typecast, you know what I mean? Like where you would have yeah. just been like, if the show's over, you know, now what? And now everybody's going to go back and be like, oh God, all, all she was, was the, the wife of Danny on Full House and then right. you're done, you know? Right, right. No, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, you know, I think those actors, a lot of those actors have had good careers and like lucrative careers. Yeah. But you also wonder, you know, is there, has there been a lid creatively on what some of them have been offered? You know, I don't know who can say. We also couldn't tell that for, you know, Fuller House was coming, right? Nobody knew that was (laughs) down. The fact that you, you were, you were, were you brought back for that show? Was I? No. That is insane to me. It's very sad. (laughs) That would have been fun. I would have, I really thought it would be fun. Like I had ideas about what it would be like to come yeah. back and, and maybe Bob is with somebody else, Danny's with somebody else. And then, and then Cindy shows it. up, right? See, that would have been the ending that I think would have been good is that then you show up randomly, like in a grocery store or something like that. He sees you, whatever it is. And then you guys end up getting married in the end. Like that Great would have been stuff. the way to finish it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Been... Exciting. Oh, they blew it. Shut yeah. Up. No, so Bob was great. I, I'm very sober that 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 he's no longer with us. I think we all were like really in shock. It's such a tragic. It's surprise. crazy to me too because there's so many comics like from when I was growing up that I believe I lived through you know the Gen X like age. I feel like I lived through a very lucky place where we were able to watch some really amazing comedians come into their own and evolve their craft. And um, we continue to lose, you know, it's a, it's obviously a mortality thing where you start to come to your fruition. You're like, wow, all the guys and gals that I used to watch when I was younger, all these comedians, all these actors, they're, they're starting to go, you know, and um, it's very sad. But at the end of the day, um, the good news is, is that we have the memories of watching them as well as um, social media to be yeah. able to continue to go back and watch those things. Um, and it's not just like they're gone forever and we, we, we can't relive those memories with them, which. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the beautiful things about film or television. Yeah. So Bob say it wasn't the only love interest that you've had on television. Um, <laughs> one of the, we were just talking about the show. You guys were, weren't on when we were talking about this, but the show that I, that I watched with my mom for a very long time was called Moonlighting and it had a uh, Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis in it. It was quite honestly it was the kickoff I believe for both their careers I know they both did things before that but that was a very interesting show what was uh what was it like working with Bruce Bruce is like one of those guys that has like so much natural charisma he just kind of played himself yeah and that was more than enough you know um my character was really kind of kind of fun and saucy uh she kind of shows it this beautiful mink coat and she proceeds to kind of uh seduce him but the reality is that she's really there to get information she's really kind of a spy so she's using her feminine wiles to get get what she needs right um but he was again just so funny and so charismatic he was engaged to Demi at the time and um yeah we just had a good time together we really did and then you know one of the other ones I mean there's so many there's so many guys that you like on TV, you've uh, you've had these amazing relationships with. But this know. one guy right now is like he's really in the news. 
Mr. Depp, Mr. Johnny Depp. Oh, yes, Mr. Depp. Well, this is such a sad tale. So I'm in Vancouver and I'm shooting an episode of 21 Jump Street, not the film with Channing Tatum. No, this is the TV series, friends. Um, And so I am playing uh, this woman that works at like a SeaWorld kind of place with porpoises and dolphins. And um, I'm playing opposite my love interest, technically, is Dom DeLuise's son, Peter. Okay, so Peter DeLuise. I actually love Dom DeLuise. He's great. He's so fun. Yeah, he was super fun and like very easy and comfortable to work with. And my name is Penny. Um, But so they put me in this beautiful honey wagon and I'm like, oh, this is nice. And uh, there's this navy blue scarf that's left in the honey wagon. And I said to wardrobe, I said, "Um, oh, sorry, is this this somebody's? Because it was in here. And they're like, oh yeah, we gave that to Johnny to wear because it was cold out. I said, okay, do you need it back? And she said, no. So I'm just happy to say that if times get rough, I have Johnny Depp's navy blue scarf. Um, I didn't get to meet him, which is so sad, but we did do the show together. A lot of people think, oh, you've done this show. Clearly, you know, you had scenes with this actor. It doesn't always roll that way. Right. Um, so unfortunately, like we sort of were two ships passing in the night and, but I do have a scarf. I do. And, and, and quite honestly, he probably wants that scarf back based on his yeah, at, this, at this point he might. Yeah, that, that was probably pre like he pre him like getting really, really like into like his gear. But regardless of that, um, <laughs> you know, let me get into my story real fast, because I the Johnny Depp story. No. Oh, no. Okay. That's I just it's the day that you followed me on Instagram. OK, yes. And I was like, oh, I'm like, there's no way I'm like, there's no way. This can't be real. This is the same. This, yeah. I was like, there's oh no way. Dude. There's no way that this, this is her. Oh my gosh. And then I like literally went and then you were like, you were like, hey, wait, I'll tell you exactly. Oh no. I said, hey, you're putting out some good content there. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. I'm learning from you. I'm yeah. Learning. That's exactly what you said. And I was like, dude, you should come on the podcast. You were like, yeah. And then we, you and I both just continued to follow each other and I've seen a whole nother side of you, especially from the TikTok side, that I don't think a lot of people, because this is what happens when you see people on television, you watch people on television. You have this um, pre, like, kind of like cognitation of like how that person actually is. And typically what ends up happening, these people are like 180 degrees opposite of what they, who they really play on television or whatever it is. Right. You're like this, like, bubbly, energetic, like go-getter, like kind of woman. And that breeds very well with me because, and that's why I think you and I get along so well mm-hmm. is because we're both like, we go hundred miles an hour energy wise. And there's not a lot of people that can keep up with us. Like yeah. it's like, boom, 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 boom. And, and people are just like, whoa, what is, what are these people on? And then they're just like, they're just like life lovers. You know what I mean? So. Yes. And that's, I think, honestly, that's one of the things I love about TikTok is there's no sort of, there's no roof to your creativity. You know, I'm used to like, here's the script and fit into this mold. And that's great. That's my job. Yeah. But I have enjoyed playing. I mean, (laughs) I don't think that, I don't think that the average person, if they came across your TikTok, I don't think that they would put two and two together. This is just me personally. I, because of the characters that you've played, I don't think that they would put it, it two and two together with the way that you present yourself in some of this content, the way that you do it. 
So the way that you might find, you find, and I see it just from a creative person, I see the design, you find a room that looks a specific way. You have whatever you're wearing on that is a specific way to, that feeds well with the room or the environment that you're in. I see what it is and the video that you're putting on there. The only thing that I wish I would hear more of would be yeah. you talking to the camera. Because a lot of the times I see you doing things, but I don't hear you saying things. And that's where I would be like, I would love to hear more. Because one, your voice is like made, honestly, it's made for like the radio and it's made for like a news. I, I feel like if, so, if you haven't gotten like a news reporter role, that's crazy to me. Because the minute you started talking on the mic, I was like, God, she sounds like she, she, she could deliver the news in a very wow. nice, kind way. <laughs> nice news. Yeah, nice news. No, that's really nice to hear, Todd. I, I feel that that is true. I think that I'm, I'm playing it a little bit safe. You know, it's easy to, you know, put on an outfit that's cute and in a beautiful environment. I, I, and I really do love style. And we, ha we own a bunch of tree houses. We own some Airbnbs. Yep. And so the idea of like design, I, I get that. I love that world, but I, I do need to speak. And I think too, like I'm learning TikTok and there's all these pre-recorded sounds, right? And, and I talked to a friend recently and she's like, I feel sort of sad that TikTok's so attached to these pre-recorded sounds because you've got all these creatives who, who actually sing, who actually speak, who actually like have a voice. And yep. so I need to, I just need to do that. I can always like put a nice song, like a popular song, probably underneath the speaking, right? I probably should do that. But yeah, I, you know, like some of the content that I like is exactly what you're talking about. Somebody who's just talking to me. Yeah. And I'm talking about something I care about, but they're just talking. Yeah. And I think that you're starting to see that shift actually happening now. So, okay. you know, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but so I was just interviewed by TikTok two days nice. ago. And so, yeah. And like, that was like such a random thing too. They reached out and I was like, again, I'm one of those people. I'm always like, I'm always like, this, this isn't real. <laughs> and I like, didn't answer them. Like, Good I week for like, you. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's not them. And then they hit me back and they were like, Todd, we really want you to do this. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I've CC'd like five of my, uh, like other employees. And then when I saw the bike dance stuff, I was like, oh, okay, this is real. So then I hit them back and we had conversations and they were like, we want to do a blog on you. We want to do like we want to do this video with you da, 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 da. and so we did all these things but what they stated in there because i was able to ask them a lot of questions of, of answers that i really wanted and i was like there's a shift happening right and they were like yeah absolutely because one of the reasons we grabbed you is that you don't do the same thing that a majority of these people are doing you're kind of like doing almost the opposite but it's working and so that speaking, like I said, where you're speaking and educating, it's almost like I've become like a teacher in a way where people can yes. quickly grab some information and then apply it that day. And that's where I've seen it work. And I just think some people like that's really what they want. And it's wow. been able, it, I've been able to build a really tight community around it. And so you can awesome. still do the fun stuff, which I love to do. Right. I just think that once you figure out what people react to, the expectation is that that's what they're going to get every single time. And when you switch it up, it really starts to give you the ability to start figuring out what's going to work best for you. Yes. I think that you do an amazing job of like keeping it like sound bite size, but it's educational, but it's, it's got energy to it. It always has energy to it. It has a certain very specific vibe to it and look to it. So you're super consistent. So you're crushing it. I think one of my challenges is um, what am I, what am I selling? You know what I mean? Like you are yeah. selling your ability to help people market and brand, you know, it's really specific for me. It's like, am I selling myself? 
you know what I mean? And I know that sounds sort of silly, but, um, you know, I, I ran I a student. You bring that up, not to call you off, but the last, the la a couple of the last posts that I put out was the same, was really talking about that. And that I didn't create my TikTok to, to sell anything. I, I created it because I needed an outlet. I was already utilizing Instagram in the very early stages of Instagram and Facebook, both. I mean, again, you know, not aging myself, but I was on, I was on Facebook in the very beginning. I was on Instagram in the very beginning. I was on TikTok before it was even TikTok. I was on TikTok when it was musically. Wow. Um, and it didn't fit into what I did, but it evolved into it. At the end of the day, like I am not trying to sell anything on that platform that what the sales that come from that platform for what I have back here, which is the agency, which is the personal consulting and stuff like that. The, the, those were only things that were created out of a need for people that wanted to go further down the rabbit hole with me. And that's, that's all that was the, the agency technically was already there and it was already on autopilot. I didn't need, I don't need to like get leads on TikTok, but right. they just happen organically. And right. I think, you know, with you, it's like, it's not necessarily, I think people would just kind of want to hear like, look, I look at it like this. There's a lot of young actresses and actors out there that are looking for somebody who's been in the business and has been able to navigate it without coming out the other side with uh, an addiction issue or right. a, a massive uh, public uh, divorce or what, you know, whatever these crazy things are. I've been through a divorce. It wasn't public, but whatever. And, um, you know, those, those are the conversations that people want to have sometimes. And I, and I really think that, you know, people would look to you and be like, man, she would be a great mentor for me to navigate this, this place in this area. And I think that's mm -hmm. something that's probably missing in that industry. To be quite wow. honest with you, that would be something that I would that that I would offer. Is you want my time? Time can be something that can be monetized, and I've been able to do that. And I think pretty much anybody else can be able to do that. You would get way more satisfaction mm -hmm. out of it that way too. You know, yeah. tips, I tricks would. on how to get ready for your first your first um, uh, what are they called? Audition. Audition. Like yeah, I mean. Are people talking about that? I have no idea. I'm not seeing anybody else talk about that, you know? And so that's what yes. I, that's I where mean, I would see you. Yes. Right. No, I've, I've done some public speaking um, to, to young people that want to get in the industry and maybe they're training, but they want to know the ropes of the industry. And boy, it's, it's a, it's a tough field. It's a tough field to keep yeah. your head on your shoulders, to keep true to your values, uh, particularly, I think, for women, uh, particularly when you're a younger woman, um, there's a lot of challenges to it. How does sure. it play out with family, with marriage? I mean, so I have a passion for that. And um, again, have done some public speaking, but I haven't talked about it that much on my platform. So that would be fun. And, yeah, and, and, and exactly and, like you said, it would be fulfilling. I mean, yeah, it would, it would be totally fulfilling. And I think at the end of the day, um, you know, the personal consulting side, like I didn't plan on creating that. Like that happened out of a necessity from other people saying, can I book your book time with you? And can you help me every single month to do this? And again, that I believe would happen with you. I believe people would then start reaching out and being, they just start immediately asking for your help. And then that's an, an indicator that you're onto something that could potentially be monetized and still you would be passionate about it. Because mm -hmm. I believe when we get to a certain age that we want to, and I'll never ask your age because to me, you're always going to be 25. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Todd. That, uh, I'll keep you around. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> that, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think, you know, we just continue to gain more experience, right? Like we become mentally grizzled and we're like able to kind of navigate those fields. And that is something I, again, like I feel that would do very, very well for you, but it's also not no, but- as fun, but it is what it is. No, I'm happy. I love I love to talk on a sort of more meaningful basis. I think what's hard is that TikTok is so fun. It's so much entertainment uh, that it, the kind of balancing, you know, posting on, on, on both levels is important, but one feels like it's going to be more successful than the other. Yeah. What's funny about TikTok is that people have been telling me, get into it because I think you'd have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what's interesting is that my TikTok is more popular than my Instagram because I probably am more, feel a little more free there mm-hmm. and I'm allowed to dance on TikTok or whatever. Um, so it's a little less serious, I think, to me. Yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm figuring it out. I think the other thing too is that you're right. There's not many women my age that are on social media. But I think one of the things I want to say is that no matter how old you are, I mean, Betty White, come on. Um, yeah. You never, you never want to be done. You know, you always want to, I always want to be able to inspire people to live their lives fully, to find joy in life, to be the best version of themselves, all that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, you got into, you, you know, the easy way is the social media way for a lot of these youngsters now is that like, they're getting discovered just by it. Let's, let's put it this way. The, the playing field is now even, right? Like you don't need to be, you don't need to live in Hollywood to, to, to make it as a star. Um, right. You don't need to travel to California to make it as a star. You literally just have to open up your phone and go to work. And for you, you it wasn't like that. So I'm, I'm curious because these kids have an edge, how was it getting into the business when you first got into the business like, because people don't know how to get into the business, right? I mean, that's, I feel like it's like a mystery almost of like how you get the opportunities that you get. So how did that all occur? Absolutely. Well, today, that's one of the things I do is I do, I have a studio, Stipe Studio is where I, you know, people can schedule a session with me and I walk them through what does it look like? And I can even work with them one-on-one and get them ready to meet an agent. And who are the agents? Who do we trust? Especially like parents that really want their kids in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't know how to, and they're afraid. They're afraid. It's like a, a whole new playing field. But when I was young, I mean, I went to college. I went to Northwestern University. I was a voice major. I was a theater minor. I did professional theater in Chicago for about a year and a half. And then I wanted to spread my wings. So believe it or not, I did something called the Miss Hollywood contest. Because I knew that if I was chosen, I would get flown to Los Angeles for a couple of weeks and I could sort of test the waters. Mm-hmm. So I did. And and uh, Alan Thicke was the MC, which is so funny. God, he was um, awesome. Alan Thicke, yes. Uh, he took me to the Emmys, which was another little story there. We ended up on the cover of the National Enquirer, which is, uh, yeah, it's very fun. Uh, yeah, they quoted us and we never actually ever spoke to them. So just for the record, don't always believe what you read. You guys uh, never spoke again after that? Uh, no, we never spoke to the National Enquirer. Oh, oh, got you. Okay, but okay. they quoted us as saying that we love to watch old films together, which is not offensive, but not something we ever said. Uh, but anyways, uh, I ended up moving to California, but I got a good agent. And I think that was because I had a good agent in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and then they connected me to some good, good agents in Los Angeles. Because I went to a good school, they were willing to take a risk with me. Um, you know, it's just kind of one, I actually feel like the acting arena, if you have, 
people that are smart that can help you. The steps are very logical. Yeah. I have friends that like want to break into the pop scene. That to me is not as sort of laid out. I feel like that journey is really much harder. Yeah. You know, like yeah. The actor is the acting scene is get a good agent. Yeah. And then start submitting yourself. Yeah. I have friends that are in the music business and that have done well. And some friends that, that have been in the music business and things didn't work out. And a lot of it always really comes down to um, the opportunities that they've had and the longevity, right? Like how can they continue to make music? And that was one of the, the big things that I've seen there. As far as the actors go, like, I feel like now there's been so many people that have been able to take the reality show side of things. And that's kind of how they got, you know, they, they, they've created awareness around themselves on reality TV. And then those right. people have actually become bigger stars than some of the people that this is their craft. And I feel like there's a difference between respect on those two things, like a true actor. And like you just said, I went to Northwestern. I was a voice major. Like, da, da, da. I mean, this is, this is not like a game no. for fun. This, this was a craft that you were building. And um, there's a big difference. Like it would be like somebody coming into my industry and being like, oh, I know how to make Facebook posts. And the reason I'm here is because I did one Facebook post that got, went viral. And I'm sitting there looking at them like, dude, just because you had one go viral doesn't mean you're going to survive this industry because it's not like that. Right. And it's very similar to, to uh, Hollywood in the acting industry is like, you know, I, I see that. I can, I can see that correlation in, in, in how it is. Um, my question is, is, is that, is that bad? That, that's a, is that a bad thing for these reality TV stars when things don't work out, when, when these people don't get the accolades that they want and they don't realize what them, they're getting themselves into? I think my biggest encouragement to somebody like that would be, you know what? Ugh. Opportunity is knocked. Opportunity has presented itself. So get yourself a great coach as soon as possible. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's no different than the pretty girl sitting in the diner, you know, in West Hollywood and the producer catches her beauty and decides to cast her. You know, you got to be ready for the game. You do yeah. not. Your worst case scenario is showing up on some big set and not being ready. Like that's one thing we did at our studio was we created a show. We did, we shot four episodes of a sitcom that me and my daughter wrote so that kids could actually feel like what would it be like to be on a real set mm -hmm. and, and sort of let them feel that pressure. And we filmed it and we, you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, if, if somebody gets a break and can get really good coaching, Hey, maybe you can survive it. Maybe you can sustain it, but true artistry doesn't happen overnight. It just doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and that, and it's funny you say that because that's exactly what I'm trying to explain to people when it comes to building their brand. And I feel like their expectation is I'm going to be here if I do what this person says. And that the strategy is a small part of it. Yes. But there's also just like with anything else with, with sports, with acting, with, with anything that you do, there, ha there's a, there has to be a sprinkle of natural talent that was, was put there uh, in, in, by someone, we don't know who it is, <laughs> right. or if it's a guy or whatever it is, but they sprinkled a little bit of that special you know, thing that made you a little bit unique and different and that, that mm -hmm. natural talent. And um, I think that's where a lot of people, they want it so bad on social media and they feel like, if they don't get it in a specific amount of time, like this person, 
that it's not going to happen for them. But again, this goes back to that even playing field like I was talking about, just because you've been on TV, just because you've done this, just because you've done that, doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna correlate into a large following on social media. Again, even playing field. And so I think I like that it's that way. I like that it's an even playing field and everybody gets an opportunity and a shot at it, just like you said. The question is, what are you doing with that opportunity or that shot? Or what mm-hmm. did you do with that opportunity shot? Because it really doesn't, you got to be prepared because typically it does not come around again. It's, that was it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. There, the second chance opportunity does not happen. That was like the reality right. TV show that I think I got asked to, to, to right. um, go on. And it was like four, it was like, it was down to like four of us. Then it was down to like two of us. And then the very ending part of it was like, um, the guy, I can't remember his name. He was a country singer. He was like, you're edgier. They went and they looked at my social media and they were like, you're too edgy for the person that would be doing this part for the show. So like the show ended up never getting made. Wow. Up, but okay. they were like, you're too edgy. They were like, you cuss on your social media and da 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 And like, and I was like, well, I'm not going to not be who I am for that so it was like it is what it is so i but i then i was thinking to myself i'm like is that the only opportunity i'm ever going to get and i really don't think it is i really think like i'm actually i don't think i was even ready at that point i think i was like kind of ready but not ready yes Uh, but i think it's scary it's scary to be ready to have a break before you're ready yeah and i think i thought i was ready but i i most likely wasn't and i i haven't stopped cussing on my my social media as you can see i continue (laughs) to do that but I think it's also, it speaks to the right audience too. And I don't think that that person that I would have made that show with, I don't think it, they were the right person. Even if I got offered it, I would have been like, I don't think this is the right fit for me or it's not really me, you know? Right, right. Well, and don't you kind of feel to some degree like um, the world has changed in such a way that you're kind of creating your own brand and opportunity and own world. I mean, who knows like where this could lead? You yeah, know? I mean- You create it, your own show. Yeah, and I mean, that's- that. That's cool too. I think one of the things now it's like weird. It's like, I think when I was younger, I definitely felt that way, but I think now it's like, I get so much, I get, I get amped so much more when I am able to help somebody and they go further than I could or would like, I get more amped on that now than than where I end up. And I think with that type of mindset, like the opportunities really just kind of come anyway. So I don't put as much, let's, let me put it this way. I don't put as much pressure, pressure or stress on myself as I've aged. I don't do that um, for this big break or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't look at it like that. I feel like I kind of already got the big break, right? Healthy kids. I'll tell you what, Todd, like, I mean, this is the proof in the pudding. Like I see how you go and comment on all your folks who comment to you, whether they're asking a question, they're making a comment, you're in there consistently. And that's impressive. And I just think your heart shines through. I don't care if your cost, whatever. Your heart shines through that you want to help people. Yeah. And that's that's why people want to follow you. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the things where it's like, I can't, I can't teach that. Like right. I can't teach I, you to put the time and effort in that it takes that hour, maybe, not only to comment back on your own stuff, but then to go back to those people's profiles and comment on their stuff. And that oh sometimes means so much to a person. Like you have no idea that could be a, that, that slight comment could have been something that 
kept them from going down the wrong road. You just don't know. You don't. And, um, it's, it's, I think that is like one of the most important parts of the strategy that, that doesn't get discussed and talked about. And I can't teach you to, to manage your time like that. I can only say, this is what I do and it works. And if you don't do this, then that person, like, why are they following you? Like, you're not even paying attention to them. It would be like walking down, you know, the, the hallway in school and them saying hi to you and you walking right past them. Like, would you do that right. in real life? Right. So, right. and you know, knows. when you go into comment, like when you, you're thinking about what you're going to say, someone's made the effort, you know, to do that for you. So, yeah, I don't think much when I comment back, to be honest with you, it depends. If somebody is just saying something randomly and they drop an emoji, I'll, tr- I'll typically just drop an emoji back. But if it's like a real true, like I was thinking about this the other day, like I, I should probably go a little bit deeper in commenting back to people. This is even me, like judging myself. I'm going, mm. you know, if someone says how, wow, this really helped me instead of me saying, wow, I'm really glad that helped you. I should have said like, wow, I'm really glad that helped you. Can you get a, in a, can you go into a little bit more detail of what specifically helped you? Yeah. How? You know what I mean? Yes, I and know. I think, I think that's how you continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you then come up. That's another great way to come up with a different idea for another piece of content. And yes. it's one spot where we don't look often for content. Yeah. It's funny. Like anytime you give that. somebody a compliment and it's specific, I mean, mm-hmm. come on, doesn't it mean so much more? Absolutely. It shows that like you really listened and that there was some really specific thing that like popped out at you. It matters so much more. So it's funny you say that. That's why I do those reverse videos sometimes. Okay. Like, like I did today. Like today was like a reverse video. And one of the reasons I do that is because I want to see who's going to watch that video all the way to the end. And so there'll be times where I'll drop Easter eggs in some of my videos. So there's a couple of videos where at the very end, there was, I, I put a sit, ubu, sit, good dog. At the end of the video, <laughs> instead of my outro, and people, the people that I knew watched to the end were like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Like, that's awesome. Uh-huh. Like, da, da, da. Or the, the Hanna-Barbera star that used to like twist and then come up like that. I did that one. And people would be like, I, I saw the ending, Hanna-Barbera ending. Like, that was so cool that you did that. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, these are like little tests that I drop in every so often to see if people are paying attention. And that also gives me a good idea of like how much of my audience is really watching my videos to the end. How much are they really getting out of it? Um, and those people are the people that I focus on those people that are sitting for that two minutes or two and a half minutes. Cause that's a long video yeah. to go all the way through and learn something. Those people are going to get a little bit extra for me. There's no question about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's a good little test. I like that. Yeah. So I haven't figured out how to do those little stickers. I haven't figured that out yet. What stickers? Well, like you're putting the dog, you know, thing in, uh, I need to, I need to learn that. We need to wait. The little dog. Oh, 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 oh! You're just you know, like you about the, the ending of the video. Thing? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I know how to do that. Well, I mean, you know, there's, there's. I have a program for um, people that that would like to learn how to do certain things. So you can always join that program if you'd like. Okay. Um, yeah, that's me. That was me fishing for a for a client there. Uh, okay. I've never closed a client on a podcast before. Maybe this is a first. But other than that. <laughs> I think that that's also like where it comes down to editing. And that's where a lot of people like too, where like people might see some of the videos that, that we do. And mm-hmm. they're like, I can't do that on my own. And I'm like, guys, I'm editing this video, like for my phone. Yes. Like I can show you how to do this from your phone, like, and have mm-hmm. it down to a science, you know? And, and, and again, people look for these 
They look for reasons not to do the work or not to learn something new. They look for reasons not to do it. And I think that's one of the big things that it, that um, continues to hold people back, especially with yeah. TikTok, is that yes. their perception of TikTok is that it is a app where kids dance and they do this and they do that. And right. I'll be honest with you, and you, you can back me up on this if this is true or not for you, yeah. but my For You page is not full of anything like that. Yes. I think what I find is that like people my age don't play in TikTok at all. And I think that they're missing an opportunity, especially that's just they're not, trying to grow a business. It's it, they're just missing a huge opportunity. That's just not true. And I think as time goes on, right? You would attest to this, that it's so not just dancing. It's like people who actually are delivering real content and, you know, and you see the crossover and you see Instagram trying to, you know, do I say they're, they're attempting yeah. They're attempting to compete, but it's it's at a point now where that it's it's obvious who the pillar of of where people's content is coming from. It's obvious that it's coming from TikTok. Number one, number two, I disagree with that. There's there's a ton of people on TikTok currently right now that are in between the ages of uh, fifty to eighty. Uh, yes, so let me clarify: they're on it, but they're not putting anything out themselves. Maybe. They're, right, they're just following it. Maybe. I have, I know, I know for a fact, two people and like in particular that are in their eighties and have created and a TikTok? massive, a massive following and created okay. massive opportunities for themselves and found a whole new thing to generate revenue for themselves and that age demographic. And the reason I say that you can't judge it by age is because there's a ton of actors that didn't come into their own until much later in life because that specific type of character then started making sense for either how they looked or they sounded or whatever it was. So there's a ton of actors or actresses out there that didn't even become very popular until they were in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s sometimes. And so it's the same thing with the application. It's just the the, the fact that are you are you doing and putting out the type of content that you want to put out with any, without any expectation of success? And are you going to use the excuse of it's just for kids? Because you can't use that as an excuse anymore, because the, the fastest growing age demographic on this application is between uh, uh, 45 and uh, 52, I believe. Wow. And wow. So that being said, that excuse doesn't work anymore. And people always throw those excuses out. He said the same excuses about Facebook, same excuses about Instagram, same excuses about YouTube, same about Snapchat, same about TikTok. It's cyclical. It is always the same thing over and over. Every social media wow. platform has been exactly the same. Young kids make it cool. Yep. Yeah. Old people then start getting on. Yes. Companies start to realize that the old people are there. Yes. So then, so then the platform creates an advertising avenue. The, the businesses then start start dumping their money into the platform and then mm -hmm. ruin the platform for the youngsters and the youngsters jump off to the next thing. That is cyclical. It's happened to every single social media platform on the planet and it will continue to happen that way. There will be a time, wow. mark my words, when TikTok is no longer cool. I promise you. Because the next thing is rolled in, right? I think that's the one thing they've gotten right, Deb, is that they've, they've been able to evolve very fast. They mm -hmm. listen 
to the user. If the right. user says, man, it would be really great if you guys could do this, they implement it, they do it, they roll it out and it's done. Instagram, it takes years for them to do that. Now it didn't used to be like that wow. for them. Wow. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So we own, I mentioned these Airbnbs, we have houses, but we have these cool tree houses and people love yeah. them. And so we've got a strong Instagram following probably about 28,000 followers on Instagram, but it's, it's very sort of, uh, and I manage the account but it's very kind of straight ahead. It's, it's like beautiful photos of tree houses. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I might get in influencers that stay there. So there's lots of beautiful content and I'll do videos. Um, but it hasn't been sort of out of the box. So yes. I have not really transitioned that account to TikTok. Yeah. So I'm sure you would slap my hand for this. It's like, what are you waiting for Deborah? Mm -hmm. Because I haven't quite figured out how to take what has felt like very sort of in the box boundaries, uh, pla uh, account to the creativity of TikTok. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. But there's a there's an audience for everything on that platform. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and to be quite honest with you, for me, I think one of those things is where you would you would show it would be almost very cinematic yes. in a way. Yes. The delivery of those videos would be cinematic. Yes. Um, and that's where it would be you delivering an atmosphere and an experience, like an, an experience, experience. Yes. maybe a minute long where it's calming to the person that's watching it. Right. And I think right. that is something where, um, that would catch fire just personally, because I see those things on TikTok that come through that are just like that. It's okay. a unique experience and a unique place that you're delivering in a very cinematic way that experience in some way that would drive them to go, wow, I'd love to stay at a place like that. Right. Wow. Right. Could do so many cool things with that. And so I think that's how you transition it. Again, it's, you know, it's an investment into your, your business and yourself. And people sometimes are just not willing to do that. How much would it cost to hire a really good videographer? How much you know, what, what, what if we don't want to use a videographer? We're going to do it on our own. How will we do that? How will we implement that? How are we going to stay consistent if we're not always there? Like you start thinking, you start putting those pieces together. And when it really becomes something that is you're, you're really focused on getting it done, then it happens. And that's where this goes back to the same situation with you got 28,000 followers and we got a lot of really good pictures and some videos and this, that, and everything else. I have told everybody at, at this point, if they don't know it yet, they're completely missing out. You're almost your entire feed should be videos now on Instagram and Facebook. There should really be no reason for you to be putting out any photos whatsoever, unless it's for your own entertainment. Wow. Do you feel that? I, not only do I feel that, the CEO of Instagram has specifically come out and said, we are no longer a photo sharing platform. We are giving massive amounts of opportunity to people that are consistently making video, original video content on this platform. They will be seen by more people. The end. Do you ever feel like we're asking like the man on the street to suddenly be an actor? Do you ever feel like that? I mean, yeah, but that's what people want. And reality TV has created that, created that expectation. Yep. If Survivor would have never came out and they were like, holy crap, like real normal people can be stars too. Like, but I mean, it's also can be, it can be massively life-changing for people. So I think, you know, a lot of people, they always blame the platforms. So many people blame platforms for it not giving them what they want. 
And what I typically will do is look at the people that are bitching and complaining and I'll look at their profiles and I'll be like, you have no, you, you don't deserve that. I hate to say it, but you're not putting in the work that it takes to succeed like this person, this person, this person, and this person, you're not putting in that work, but yet you want those same results. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that in social media. It doesn't work like that in the real world. Yep. Hard work is still the secret unlock to success. doesn't matter if you're in the digital world or the real world. Yes, absolutely. Work is work. You're so right. <laughs> and it's also, you know, as you well know, it's a moving target. Absolutely. You no, know? I mean, constant. You know, and, and, and to, to your point on that, if you were to go back and look at my Instagram from two years ago, there right. were photos, there were photos on there, but there was a shift. I made a distinct decision. I was like, and this was before this guy even said this. Um, I made a distinct decision. I was like, nope, it's just all going to be video now because I know this is where it's going. I know every, it's every post on your Instagram is now video. Yeah. Go back and look. I well, mean, that's, I that's your jam though. That's your jam. Yes. But here's an interesting fact on Facebook and sometimes on Instagram, my top highest performing posts of all time were screenshotted tweets. Oh yeah. And it makes no sense, right? It makes absolutely zero sense. It's the most, uh, un artistic way of making a statement in, in, in very short form. However, what made me think that the reason that this was successful is because in that short form content, whatever I said was extremely impressionable and direct and simple. And I yeah. think that that is almost like a pattern disruption for what yeah. is typically seen all the time now. Right. right. So right. video, 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 short statement, very impactful, very right. simple for me to right. read. Easy. I like that. And pattern interruption. I like that. Pattern disruptor. Yes. Or pattern disruption yeah. is, is, is something that um, it gets all of us. A lot of us don't mm -hmm. realize that, but there's a lot of pattern, pattern disruption that occurs mm. um, uh, in social media. You just have to be able to kind of have a keen eye and, and look out for it. Right. What you, you're what, on Twitter, Facebook, you're on it all. Instagram. TikTok. There isn't a social media platform that I'm not on. Um, wow. And especially on a daily basis. I mean, I, I'm posting to YouTube, Snapchat, yeah. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, oh my Google, God. Uh, everywhere. Is it the same? Are you reforming it? Reforming? Sometimes it's the same. Sometimes it's different. And, and a lot of, you know, there's been pushback from a lot of people where they're like, Hey, look, you know, you shouldn't be putting out the same thing across different platforms. And I'm like, there's people on LinkedIn that don't go to any, anywhere else, but LinkedIn. So they absolutely have every right to see that piece of content. It might get them to go try a different platform. So I, I'm a huge believer in cross-pollinating your content. There's no reason for you not to do it. And if you, you follow me on both, so you might go to my Instagram today and go, damn, it's the same thing you post on TikTok. But when you go to my stories, it's something that is maybe a little bit different. Uh -huh. So, you know, um, and there's some days I'll post more than once or whatever it is, but I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's, again, it's you, you should cross pollinate and put as much content out as possible on every single platform. You, you have the ability to catch more fish that way. Yeah. Um, yep. And just casting that wide net. So, which leads me to my next question for you is, okay. 
what's what's moving what what is moving you or driving you after you got on tiktok and you started to see kind of what it was about what what is what is the driver movement forward from here because it seems to be like you're kind of in the same place i am where it's like you're you still act you still do things because what was the last what was the last show that you were on the last show i actually did was a film called the mulligan Yes. Which is, uh, yeah, it's a faith-based film that uh, just came out, it premiered in the movie theaters for two nights, and I'm hoping they're going to stream it somewhere. Uh, it's an it's a inspiring film. It's lovely. Lovely. Got to work with Pat Boone. Good old class. Yeah, Pat Boone, man. Awesome. Right? But there was a TV show that you were just on too, right? Wasn't there, um, God, what was it? Um, gosh. I don't know if you were just on it, but I saw like a, I think a short portion of you in it. Uh, I don't know. Did I post about it recently? Yeah, I think I saw it. It might have been in your stories. I, I'm trying to remember what show it was. I, I think you were, I don't know if it was like one of those cop dramas or whatever it was. But... Oh, funny. Oh, maybe it was uh, In the Heat of the Night. Yes, In Heat of the Night. Yes. That's what it was. In Not that that's like, yes, whatever. That was so fun. Yes, Bubba. In the that Heat of the awesome. Night, man. Such it. a great show. Like It was a great show. Yeah, it, was it really show. was. What's funny is all my episodes were shot in uh, LA because I was like the city slicker and yeah. he was the country boy. He comes out to the West coast to work. Um, but then we had a pickup shot that we had to get in Atlanta and this was before we lived here. Yeah. So anyways, it was just kind of foretaste of moving here. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. But that was a fun show. They wanted to do a spinoff of the two of us and somehow Fred Silverman couldn't make it happen, but it was a possibility, you know, just like your thing. Should have happened. It should have happened. Should've Absolutely happened. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I think Alan Autry has become the mayor of his town. That's what Bob is doing. I think he is. I feel like so many of those actors end up getting into politics, which is an awful move. It's so bad. Like, don't Isn't do that it. Funny? I know. Yeah, I would never. I Somebody said that to me the other day. They were like, yeah, you know what, man? Like, you should get into <laughs> politics. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not. That'll never happen. You'll never, right. you'll never know what I believe in or what my, I stay so far away from that stuff. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. Um, yeah. Sadly. Well, you know, that for me, like, I think you and I are on the same page. Like, I don't want to, I don't need to get controversial on my page. And I yeah, know. yeah, it's, it's not really who I am and it's not really where I want to go. How I want, you end I up want to inspire people. I want to educate. I want to entertain. How did uh, you end up in Georgia? Was that just, I ended up in Georgia. So I'm from the Midwest, Chicago area, move out to LA. I'm out there for like seven, eight years. I end up reconnecting with my husband. He and I grew up in the same church. Crazy. We get married. We have our daughter and we've been there about for uh, two years married. And, uh, yeah. we realized, you know, I don't think this is where we want to raise our kids. And he wanted to start a business with his sister. And so we decided we would up and move from Los Angeles at the time. I thought, okay, I guess I'm putting the acting thing on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And I remember like stirring a bowl of rice at the stove, thinking I'm in Alpharetta, a suburb of Georgia. And I'm thinking this now is my life. <laughs> you know, like I'm a mother and a wife and that's all I am. Um, but what's cool is like, I feel like Hollywood moved to Georgia for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just feel like yeah. there's so much here now. So to me, it's like the best of all worlds. I mean, seriously, yeah. you can have this life, you can have a home, you can have friends and not be crazy and really work. So I had a recurring role in a Tyler Perry show, If Loving You Is Wrong, had a great ride with that. Um, and just a lot of, you know, guest starring stuff here locally. Yeah. I did a great film called Father Figures. I played Terry Bradshaw's wife. 
Terry Bradshaw. Ed know, Helms. Awesome. That was such a fun, fun gig. Um, I am though working on getting an agent outside of Atlanta because I do feel like I have great representation here, but I do want to sort of cast my net wider. Um, so I am working on that. Um, I have a book idea, which I'm passionate about. Um, just something I want to sort of write about. We, we took my mom out of her nursing home during COVID and it was such a beautiful experience, like having those yeah. like, last six months with her and my siblings. Um, so I want to write about that. Um, and then I actually thought, you know, the, stu- the series that we launched out of our studio, it's called Life at Stipe, and it reads like a cute full house. Yeah. It does. And we have four episodes of it. If we had had a bigger budget, I really think it could have been something. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've toyed with, do we kind of get that out there again to the right people to see if there's some, a future with that? I think that that's like such a missing um, gap right now in TV. Mm. Uh, is that there's really like no good like family like oriented TV shows that are you know comical um slight maybe slightly dramatic with a moral lesson at the end there's just been, there were so many shows when we were growing up that were built and made that way and I just feel like that's a gap that has just been it's been totally I feel like ignored um to this point and I don't mm-hmm. I, I think the closest thing that's come to it in my personal opinion honestly yeah has been the Goldbergs. Oh, okay. I think that's the closest show that has had a moral ending to each episode that you're walking away and going, mm-hmm. I learned something. No matter what age I was watching this show today, yeah. I learned something from that episode. I know. And you know what? You always, you knew it was, you knew it was coming. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. It even felt a little bit cheesy, but somehow it worked. It absolutely worked you because know? it's it was an escape from the reality of the world that- I mean, most people's lives, they, um, some people had, had family lives that that was the closest thing they could get to it, to a good family atmosphere. I know. You know, luckily I didn't have that. I was like, my parents were awesome, still together, great people. And you know, always still helping out. Yeah. Very lucky. Such a gift, such a gift, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. so for me, like I would watch that stuff and be like, God, we did that same stuff that they did in the TV show. It's very similar. So in my head, I'm like, I, I just feel like that's a gap that's missing right now. And if, mm-hmm. if that's kind of the, the area of, of what you were tapping into with Life with Stipe, I think that would be something that, my God, they should 100% take advantage of. Well, you know, I have a great relationship with my daughter. She's an actress too, and she's an amazing singer. So the, really the premise of the show was Life at Stipe. Stipe was our studio, Stipe Studio. And we yeah. ran the thing since she was 12, basically. We would do musicals every summer. Uh, and so anyways, it was like the premise of it was like a mother and daughter duo running an acting studio, launching kids' dreams and a few of their own. Yeah. So they're, they're teachers, they're coaches, they're directors, but they also are performers themselves. Yeah. Uh, and it was really the, the life that we lived while we were in the studio. So we, we had a lot of fun with it. Does, does that, now, is that still going on? Well, the studio really pivoted during uh, COVID. During COVID, we like we had to finish up our classes with like 35 kids. Yeah. And so we had to do it online. And we're just like, you know what? <sighs> classes 35 kids online just is not any fun and not that. Yeah, bad. right. So we pivoted to just really one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So I still coach kids one-on-one. I have a studio at my home and um I'll coach coach kids one-on-one or I'll do it virtually too. Um, so we still do some of that. Yes. And we still have Stipe Studio Productions. Um, but, but again, we have these four episodes that we're just not really quite sure what to do with. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, if you need a Jesse and if you need a Uncle Jesse type of guy, I'm here for you. Uh, that's great to know, Todd. I'm just that's saying. Amazing. Yes. Do you I would fit perfectly <laughs> into the crazy uncle. Good. You would. I know. Yes, you would. You I know. You got the tats. You're ready to go. And I'm on the East Coast, baby. <laughs> um, God, look at me always pitching. Oh, pitch nice. Me. Are you? I don't even know where you are. Where are you? Yeah, I'm in Maryland. Nice. I was just in Florida, actually, which was very We were in um, Maryville. I don't know the name of it. It's near Sarasota. Okay. So, and nice. then we're in South Carolina in a couple months. So th- that's, again, that's what happens as you, when you build out, you know, the way that you want your life to be. Like I, we really wanted to travel. Like Cole and I were like, we want to travel. Like we want to, and we want our kids to like travel as well. We want them to go different places, yes. you know, throughout the year, not just like one spot. When I was growing up, we didn't do that. We really did. My parents didn't have a lot of money. So we were only going like to the beach, which was like three hours away. And it somehow took my dad two days to get there, even though it was only three hours away. I don't know. I still can't. Did you drive? Me. You drove too, right? He drove. Yes. But for some reason, it always took two days to get there. I could never really figure it out. I, you know, <laughs> in my head, I can drive there and back in the same day. No problem. But he's yeah. has a severe issue with that. But yeah, we were like, you know, we want to get these kids like out and about and traveling around and journeying around. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. So the goal is like, you just create your own life. And, you know, some people are like, well, what's next for you? And I was like, dude, I have no idea. I'm totally, I don't know if, I don't know if it's me. Or I don't know if you've gotten, gotten to this point. But I'm almost like at a point sometimes where I'm like, I don't know if I can get it better than this. Like, I've kind of created wow. like everything that I wanted. And like, I think everybody's like, oh, well, I wish I had more money and this side and everything else. But I think at the end of the day, like I've created that exact life that I envisioned for oh. myself. I mean, do you feel that way? Or do you feel like there's still things that you're just like, I got it. Like that book you were talking about, still like still things that you're grabbing for to, to, to go for Yes, there are. I mean, I want to write that book. I have some music that I've written that um, I really want somebody to record. Yeah. I wrote a song years ago and I was friends with John Schneider at the time. And he said, I'll get this in Paula Abdul- Abdul's hands. And Paula was kind of hot at the time. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know. Do I want Paula singing my song? How stupid is that? Like, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. You know, you live and learn. Um, kind of, I, well, in my opinion, she kind of lost on the American Idol thing. Like I. Oh, I think that she was maybe dating John Stamos when I did those episodes. Really? Yes. I think that there was a poster of Paula Abdul in the girls' bedroom, which was not dating. You're right. It was behind DJ's bed. Yes. Oh my gosh, you remember that? That makes me sound crazy. But Full House is on a lot in this house. So I remember. Just have it on while you're cooking. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, No, but I mean, you're right though. I mean, you're living in Maryland, you're creating your empire and you are, you know, you have the life you want to live. That's pretty awesome. So I do feel that to some degree, but I'm not done yet. I I want more like juicy acting opportunities. I really, I'm actually taking a class. I'm taking an acting class and I love it because like literally it's virtual, right? Yeah. But it really lends itself to like the one-on-one. It's a class, but the actors are West Coast. Our, our teacher's fantastic. And I love that we can do that virtually. And, you know, you never stop learning. Well, plus you can relight a spark. You know what I mean? Yes. Sometimes yeah. it, you, you might come out of there and you're just like, you know, I, I, I still want this. Like right. I'm, I'm going back after it. You know what right. I mean? And yes. I've, like I said before, there is, there comes a time where you, where you, you may have not even acted your best role yet. 
you know? Oh. And I truly sometimes believe that, like when yeah. you think you've hit your, your precipice, like right. you didn't even realize it. And I said that to somebody the other day, I was like, I've lived probably five lifetimes already, like in my life and yeah. what you write different iterations of myself or whatever it was. And I was like, as you get older, I believe you don't start realizing it until you're in your forties that like, you can like go and stop and really live more than one lifetime in a lifetime yes. um, and recreate yourself and redo things and all that and all this kind of stuff. So, yes. you know, people get, yes. get younger kids are like, Oh, that's it. It's over. And they're like, and I'm like, how old are you? And they're like 23. And I'm like 23. I was like, I don't even remember what I was doing at 23. I kind of do, but not really. I, I was like, you know, right. and there's my dad, he's just turned 80 and he's, I, you know, was talking about him about something. And he was like, I was like, yeah, you know, it's like, I'm getting towards the end or whatever. And he was like, getting towards the end. What the f- are you talking about? He's, he's like, good for him. He's like, this guy still works and he's 80. Really? That's but he awesome. wants to work. He did 28 years in the military. He worked all the way through and he literally is like, he's, I'm like, what are you doing today? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm at the office. And I'm like, is that right? Yeah. Now you know, my husband and I have decided we're never going to retire um, because I never will. Why? You know, I mean, we want to travel a little bit, but no, we don't want to retire. No interest. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. There's no reason to. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I, and I think because I think also like there's so many things in, I mean, I, I don't, I, I won't ask you about this, but I, there's so many things that we've been able to do it, with our generation where we're taking care of ourselves better. We're working out every day. We're like our health, what we right. eat, like those things are really important to at least I believe some people now, most people, and we're just living longer. And like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I look at my dad and I don't see an 80 year old man. I see somebody. No, no the 80 is right. the new 60. The new yeah, 50, absolutely. Right? <laughs> I could not agree more. I could not agree more. And yeah. I look at that, like, you know, so. Yep. yep. No, it's funny. I I'm friends with, uh, I was in a Bible study with Patty Heaton years ago, Deborah, okay. everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. Right amazing actress another good show um, she was on you know, she was on another good show oh yeah she was in the middle yes and she, oh that was yeah, good the middle was classic right excellent uh, i know and then she did another series called the second act carol's second act excuse me mm-hmm. carol's second act. and then she wrote a book called my second act mm-hmm. um but i mean it, it, it went for a while it should have kept going i thought it was great but i mean how great that a woman yeah. is continuing you know to create and we all want a second act. We all want a third and fourth act. And I think we get those opportunities. And that's why I say to you, like, you're like, you may have never even played, you haven't even played your best character yet. I don't think I I, I really, truly believe that about a lot of people. It's like one of those things where you'll know when it makes sense or you create the character yourself. And yeah, yeah. that's one of the cool things about being a creator. I I get your mate, by the way, I get the major on the voice thing. I know that you can sing, but it's the, your voice. It, I'm telling you, right. Like, do you have a podcast or anything? No, I don't. That is crazy to me. That's really? absolutely. 100%. That's funny because like, I thought today I'm like, I'm going to get the podcast studio yeah. because I'm going to do this right. And I kind of want to like, this is a world that might be kind of fun to play in. I a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I do voice. So I've done some voiceovers and uh, I did a voiceover audition this morning and it's just, it's fun to play. Yeah. And, and, and the copy was good and meaningful. And I don't know, it, it's fun. I, I, <laughs> but I appreciate you have, the vo- you have the voice for it. And sometimes, like I said, you might not even realize like the, the, the character that you've played, that you were born to play might not even be a character that is a human. Could be a cartoon, could be something like that. Uh-huh. 
I'm just saying there these you are go. opportunities. Yes. You haven't even thought about. And right. you know, your voice is 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 beautiful. So it's something that you should be absolutely take advantage of. Thank you. Getting into the social media world, obviously, especially TikTok, and you know, you've built your your Airbnbs um platform, 28,000 followers. Um, obviously you're monetizing that. You're making you're making money through through people booking in within the application, I'm sure, and all those types of things. You have your other your own personal Instagram. You have other business pages for the other businesses that you operate. What recommendations would you give someone of age that's coming into the platform that's that's new to the platform? Three tips that they could use to come up with finally maybe getting comfortable in the very beginning of using the application. What tips would you give wow. that person? Okay. One is I would find somebody that is just ahead of you, you know, find a couple of people that are ahead of you that are good at it, that are willing to really literally sit by your side and show you how to make a reel and show you, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. help me take a decent picture. Like, I mean, depending on where they're at, you know, um, mm -hmm. cause I have friends that like, I have an artist friend, she, her, her artwork is beautiful, but she has no idea how to get it on a platform. And, and, and she's just like technically not savvy. And mm -hmm. I know that sounds silly, but there's nothing like sitting by somebody and having them really walk you through it. Yep. Um, I think too, you know, really look at what has worked and what doesn't work. You do this. I mean, what posts are getting attention and responses and what aren't, mm -hmm. um, that's important to listen to your audience, right? Mm -hmm. And then, and then this is something I don't know that I do particularly well, but really identifying your audience. You know, who is your audience and what do you really want to achieve? Because sometimes they'll be like, oh, I look cute in this dress. I'm going to put this up. But what is it achieving? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I um, and it actually can rub people the wrong way if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, and I've made plenty of those mistakes. Um, so, and I, and I, if you look at my Instagram, even you'll see that, like, I'm kind of all over the place, like, what is your end game? And I yeah. think what happened for me was, um, like target reached out to me. So I started thinking, oh, maybe I should like this fashion route, I yeah. really like style. And, you know, they liked that a woman of my age still likes to be stylish. This is fun. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, no, present yourself really as an actor, you know? So it's like really trying to do, really honing in. My problem is I'm maybe a little ADHD that I tend to cast my net really wide rather than saying, what are you really trying to accomplish? What yep. are you trying to communicate? So I say that to say that I'm not sure that I'm doing that particularly well, but it is so important to identify um, your brand and what is it you really want to accomplish and say. I, you know, you make a really good point um, about having that, the ADHD side. Cause I definitely do. Like I was like one of the first people like ever diagnosed with it, I believe. Um, but, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Ikigai. It's Ikigai? No. Yeah. I-K-I-G-A-I. -I. Um, and sometimes it's discussed as like the secret to a happy life, but I think it's also uh -huh. a great way to also it's a, there's a, I'll send you the, the image that I'm talking about. And what okay. it'll do is it'll help you come up with a, with a distinct strategy of what's important to you first. And then the type of content that you would put out. And I give this to a lot of people in my consulting class. Mm. And once they actually fill it out properly and then look at it, 
Wow. It totally changes their perspective on the type of content they should be putting out. And it typically, I'd say 90% of the time, there's a 10% chance it doesn't work, but 90% of the time, it absolutely starts to make sense as you're putting the content out. It starts to get the results that you were looking for. And like you just said, the average person, it's not just you. Uh, There's a lot of people. They're all over the place. And as they should be, because- you're not just one person. You have a per- you're a person of many interests. And so it's very difficult when you start looking at it, you're going, God, this is like, I'm so much more than just this type of person. Well, that's fine. But save all of that for the really special people. Let's use these platforms to get out the content that you feel is going to best fit into that diagram, that strategy. That's what we're going to use these platforms for. And if you want to dive deeper with those people, you can. Mm-hmm. Whether it's through your live videos or whatever you want to do, where you're right. giving them more of an intimate, you know, uh, relationship. But uh-huh. I think if you were to look that up tonight and look at it, you're going to be like, right. dude, that's awesome. I didn't even think about that. Wow. And if you really directly apply it, it'll, it'll, ch- it'll change the whole diet. Uh-huh. It'll change the whole diagram of what, what your platforms look like. Wow. That's great. Kind of a template just helping you guide you through identifying where you which you really yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a diagram that's been used to apply a happiness in life, but I've used it to apply it in happiness mm-hmm. of your social media persona or what you're trying to, what you're trying to finally get out there because you're right, man, there's always going to be this position where you're going to like, you're putting out really good content, but then you're also like, why, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Like, I don't even, why, what, why am I putting this out? Like, am I doing, because it makes me happy. Great. If that's the case, then you should absolutely put that out. Right. But right. If there's a real distinct result you're looking for, then you need to apply that. Right. And, and is again, it monetize or yeah? Yeah. Or, whether and monetization looks different for everybody. Like there's people when they say like monetization, like what do you mean? Like monetization, the platform pays you. Yeah, there's ways the platform will pay you. But if you guys think that like social media platforms pay a lot of money, dude, they don't. Like they absolutely do not. Like they pay very minimal amount of money. The only platform that pays you well is YouTube. Other than YouTube, there's no one else out there. There's no other platform out there that's honestly, truly paying you what you truly deserve for making the kind of content that you create. And unless I suppose you're doing big brand deals, but that's not the platform paying you, right? That's the brand paying you. And so again, monetization looks different for everybody. Monetization could be generating clients. Monetization could be brand deals. Um, And trust me when I say this, if brand deals are your target, there's an endless amount of brands that want to work with people. The question is, are they willing to pay what you what you want, your, the way you value your time? And so that's one of the other things I've been able to help people do is really put a value on their time and learn to say no. Right. And once you've said yes, and one person gives you what you want, it's so much easier to continue down that road. And now you have social proof stating, I, did, I do what I say I'm going to do. These people pay me. And if you want me to do the same thing for you to help you, then you will pay me the same amount. And if not, it's okay. We can still be friends. But if you don't see the value right. of my time, then, and that it's proven, then right. there's no reason for us to continue having this conversation. So Todd, do you mind me asking, do you do brand deals? I do. I do. I'm very selective though. Yeah. I'm very selective. And, and, and honestly, and honestly I, I, most of the time, the brand deals that I do are deals with people that are really trying to start something amazing and they maybe don't have the digital footprint that they should. So a lot of the times it'll be like, 
somebody that I really believe in. So I did one okay. in particular for like a digital product. And yeah. I was like, but I was already utilizing their product. So okay. when they reached out to me, I was like, this is a no brainer. I'll definitely do it. But I have been approached by other people for brands. And I've been like, it just doesn't fit into my like thing. Like if you sent me something for a type of clothing, I'd be like, I would never wear that. So like, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not a good representative of your, of your brand. And I can't say that I would wear it. So I, I shouldn't be What's the point? somebody that like, you might think I might look good in it, but I, I don't, I, I wouldn't wear that. Um, or you, I look at a product and I'm like, I would never use that product. And so I'm just not going to do it. It doesn't matter if you pay me $300,000, I'm not going to sit there and be like, yeah, I use this product. I'm not going to do that. I'm not willing to give that up. Right. So I'm very, I'm very selective about brand deals that I do. Now, nobody's come to me and said they give me $300,000 for representing a brand, but I've definitely said no to, uh, you know, $1,000 deals, $2,000, $3,000 deals. I've definitely said no to people. Great. Good. It's, it's just not, it's just not worth um, putting your name on something if, if you don't truly believe in it. Right. I know that's, that's hard to hear, but I feel like a lot of Hollywood celebrities do that. They put their name on stuff and it's like, like Matt Damon with the friggin' Bitcoin commercials and crypto commercials. I mean, I can say this, you can, but I'm like, dude, you don't know shit about crypto or NFTs. Like if I sat you down and, and you talked to this person, this person, and this person, they talk you under the table. So like, who are you to get up and talk about cryptocurrency and why? So, so why do you think he did it? Why do you think huh? he did it? Why do you think he did it? Money. Does he need the money? I don't know. I mean, does he truly believe in cryptocurrency and unregulated finances? I don't know. Do I think that probably got the air of maybe the IRS? Possibly. Who knows who created Bitcoin? We don't even know who created cryptocurrency. We don't even know the real person's name that created Bitcoin yet. You're, but yet you're stamping your name on it and saying you should go do this. Scary. That's a very risky move. Yes, it is. And so again, you might be into it. He might think it's cool, but at the end of the day, he's putting his name and stamp on something that isn't even been truly proven or investigated yet. Right. So I, it's tough. It's tough. Mm -hmm. And I think Jim Carrey has said it best after the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. Yeah. That Hollywood is no longer the cool kids table. And it, he is absolutely positively right. Wow. Hollywood is no longer the cool kids. You're just, they're just not. Um, I think the way, I think social media has pulled the curtain back on it and been like, yeah, you're not real, man. Like people get called out and they're fake now all the time, dude. And so I, I'm, I'm just a big believer in that. Again, even playing field, social media has even the playing field for everybody. And it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity or not, you know, um, you make a bad decision. You guys just have a bigger magnifying glass on you. True so the, the question is, <laughs> I mean, the question really is, right? And you don't have to answer this. But the question is, with a bigger magnifying glass on you, are you ever really truly being your true self when it comes to these social media platforms? My answer, I'll just give you my answer to protect you, is no. Just not. There's very, 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 very little. There's a small percentage of people that have a platform that truly are themselves on that platform and stand for what they believe in. And typically they're, they're, they're talked as their nutcases in that cool, at that cool kids table. Cause they don't you mean, cause, cause, cause you know, you're told all the time that, you know, people want authenticity, authenticity. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and so the, the, the counts that do well are people that are being authentic, yep. you know, and the women coming out with out their makeup on or people just being real and mm-hmm. doing whatever, you know, even like Drew Barrymore, I think some of her success is because she's authentic. She's down to earth. She's real. Mm-hmm. So, well, she, so what do you, well, I don't know. I, I would assume that Tom Green might have a differential in opinion in that. So, you know, like I said, you know, on social media, you're seeing the best of the best of the best of that person. Right. That person is stating, this is the best I am. This is the best Mm -hmm. of me. Yes. Everything else is being hidden down here, which is why, like I said before, on some of the posts that I put out, I've been divorced. I've been bankrupt. I've been homeless. I've been like, I've been in those situations. Like mm-hmm. I want you to understand that this is what you see every day now is not, it wasn't always like that. Yeah. And so I, I really truly love those types of people that tell their story up front mm-hmm. and then also stick to it. And again, that's why I like Jim Carrey. I like Jim Carrey because Jim Carrey talked about where he came from, how he was, how, how it was very hard and difficult. Mm-hmm. And he's also very honest without any, without any question of opinion from anybody else. When he gives his opinion, if you don't like it, you don't have to like him, yeah. period. You don't have to go see his movie is what it is. Yeah. And so I, I, I respect people like that. I don't respect people that simply are just doing those things and saying things and, and coaxing people into making decisions, especially financial decisions like that, just because you're a face in Hollywood. I, right. And I would say that's that guy's face. I could care less if Matt Damon likes me or not. I would just, I'd be like, dude, there's no way. There's no way, bro. Right. I don't care if your best friend is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. We're good and good will hunting. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. Like Jason I, mean, I think though that it's like, everybody's right to share what they want to share. I think it's mm-hmm. become kind of in vogue to like share your dirty laundry. Sure. And so on one hand, I I like really agree with you, but on the other hand, it's like, do we have to like bear our souls to like have a response? Do you know what I mean? No, I don't think you need to do that. And I think everyone deserves their own privacy. Yeah. hundred percent. But don't, don't say you're one way online and then live opposite of that offline. And that's what I'm really talking about. So don't be a Will Smith where you're like, blah, 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 about motivation, this, that, and everything else and love and treating people this way. And then go up and smack a dude in his face because he made a joke. See what I'm saying? Like, so what, so then that makes me reflecting, look back on Will Smith and go, was anything he was saying ever real? Oh, he had a bad night. Like that's a really bad, that's a really bad night. And so like, you know, I, it's very, I get it. People make mistakes. I get it. People might say certain things that, um, or might represent certain things without being fully educated on it for, for money or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, if you're going to put that type of content out, you better be living your life based on the content that you're putting out. So I better, I am never going to tell somebody to go live every single night. If they're not, go, if I am not, if I have not attempted to do that, I'm never going to say to somebody post every single day. If I've never done that. Mm-hmm. And so that would be my same thing, right? Like that would be like, right. it's, that's not a privacy thing. That's like living, that's like living the life that you're putting out on social media. You're living that life. Right. And that's, right. that's the biggest problem that I see. That's the biggest And I think, issue is I it a sense of like hypocrisy almost? Is that kind of what you're saying? 
Yeah. And I think also like, you like you, when you're a celebrity, you dude, you have you, whether you want, wanted it or not, you now have a responsibility where you're considered a role model um, in, in this world, period, and a report. So every decision that you make absolutely has a magnifying glass on it. You knew that getting into this. Totally. You absolutely knew that getting into this. Totally. So, you know, I get it. And again, people make mistakes, totally understand. We live four or five lifetimes, got it. But right. at the end of the day, you're, it's, you, you signed the contract Yes. to be a role model, whether yes. you wanted and to I, or not. And I think like you were talking earlier, sometimes the opportunity comes before you're ready for it, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Or, or, I mean that, you know, you get to a certain level where you you're surrounded by yes men and nobody's willing to tell you the truth. Yep. I mean, you know, the life of Elvis Presley, you know, it's like, is anybody telling you maybe you have a problem? Yeah. You know, right. Exactly. I mean, you see this in the church. I mean, like yeah. having like friends that you actually listen to, you get too high up or too successful and you, you start losing your teachability. Right. Yeah. I, I, I could not agree more. Wow. What a great episode. Uh, we went deep, Todd. We went. We deep. went really deep, and I, and I absolutely loved it. And we actually touched yeah. on everything that I wanted to talk about, um, from I know just digital marketing to Hollywood to um, uh, just the discipline and motivation of of living a good life. And I very good episode. I can't thank you enough for coming on. Oh my gosh, Todd. I'm I loved it. And again, I learned from you. I'm inspired by you, and I think that you're doing a killer job. I really do. We're competing a lot of people. I appreciate that. Um, I mean mean it. Thank you, baby. Where can people follow you? (laughs) Uh, They can follow me on TikTok. I just go by my name, man. Deborah Stipe on TikTok, on Instagram. I am not on Twitter yet. Uh, My husband has said he's going to uh, join Twitter because Elon Musk is allowing more freedom. So this will get- I love your husband. I know. I have a feeling that your husband and I would get along just fine. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yes, he's like- He's got a lot to him. He's an amazing guy. Um, gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where you can find me. I'm, yeah, you know, I got a little IMDB out there, which is fun to check out now and then. Um, but yeah, I'm on the platforms. I am not on, I'm not on, well, I guess I am on Twitter, but I don't ever post. <laughs> yeah. You should absolutely be on Twitter. Twitter's fun. And I think, again, uh-huh. I think it's like another place where uh, you can, a lot of people don't realize this, but you can use Twitter to, to really find some good content and some ideas that come up with really good content for other platforms people don't realize, but this goes back to what I was saying about Twitter. Um, not the last time I want to have you on the podcast. Cause I think there's, I think as you can continue down the path that you're on, like when your book, like when, and if the book gets written and it comes out or yeah. um, when, and if, you know, you do another show or whatever it is, I think we can continue down the road Cause I think a lot of the stuff that you put out, I believe it or not, I think can actually help a lot of people. And if you're in the, uh, I guess it doesn't matter where you live now because you're virtual. If you're looking for a great acting coach, get in touch with you via Instagram, TikTok. Yes, yes. I have like a link tree. So on my link tree, cool. I have, you know, connections. Beautiful. I love yes. it. Well, yeah. Deborah, and if you're you, in Georgia, you. come stay in a treehouse, man. Oh, dude, I'm, that is, Seriously. I'm not even joking with you. I'm dead serious. I literally oh, yeah. was going to say to you, can you send me the link to the Instagram for oh, that? Oh, yeah. And I will 100% be booking a trip to one of the tree houses. Because oh yeah, you should. I'm you should. 100% in. I mean, yeah. Exactly. So when they're in Dahlonega, North Georgia, Darlingtown, Hallmark Town, mountains, hiking, waterfalls, wineries. Yeah. yeah. You come check them out. Well, you said the magic word, Nicole, winery. Oh, I did I? Okay. Oh, this is right. It's the magic yeah, word. That's it. Like, that's it. If the tree house was built on the winery, she would live there. This is perfect. It this wouldn't be perfect. a rental for an Airbnb. She would just move in. So... <laughs> Right. So kill me for that. 
I appreciate it, darling. Thank you so much. Hey, you too. You too. Blessings. This was fun.